This is real Lila home, that's why I stayed down. I done came up off that boy, look what I made now. Like Nike, I just do this ain't a game now. I try to get a job, but they turn me down. I know life ain't fair, that's why. What's up, everyone? You're listening to The Roz Project. I'm your host, Ivan Temelkov, and this is where we get 100% real, raw, and unfiltered. If you're looking for your typical conventional podcast, you're in the wrong fucking place. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Roz Project with none other. I hope you weren't expecting someone else. And uh, let's see where I want to start this off. This entire episode is about resilience. And my special guest, who by the way is someone that I've been following for quite some time, someone who is the true definition of being resilient, is someone that I'm really, really looking forward to having share his story and a little bit about his perspective on that. Now, before we dive into into that, I want to talk about a couple of things. First of all, at the time of recording this episode, it is Labor Day in the United States. Now, there's a lot of people out there who have no fucking idea what Labor Day really stands for. Really, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of you out there who have no fucking idea what Labor Day is all about. It's a holiday, it's a national holiday to celebrate the American worker, the achievements the social and the economic achievements of the American worker. And this is a national tribute. So if you are someone who's in the 95 grind, I want I want you to give yourself a big round of applause. You deserve it because you are contributing to the economic development of this great country. Not only to the economic, but the social development. If you're a fellow entrepreneur like myself, I also want you to give yourself a round of applause. You deserve it. You see, most Americans recognize Labor Day based on two things. There's two things that come to mind. One is barbecues, and two is really an extended weekend. Believe it or not, and it's, it's kind of fucking saddening, honestly, because if you don't know what the true meaning of Labor Day weekend is, and you're an American, then I'm sorry, but you need to do some studying up on your history because Labor Day weekend, Labor Day is a holiday that's a tribute to the American worker and also to fellow entrepreneurs, especially to entrepreneurs because if you haven't recognized this, is entrepreneurs, emerging small business owners are the backbone of the U.S. economy. And I'm not going to get too fucking political about this, but I wanted to emphasize Labor Day. All right, and with that being said, I want to go ahead and dive into the special interview, special guest, Ryan Stuman, who also goes by the Hardcore Closer. And I got to tell you guys, this guy is the epitome of resilience. If you need some inspiration, if you need some motivation, if you're feeling like shit, if you feel like you're at crossroads, if you feel like you've hit rock bottom... You want to listen to this episode, I'm telling you. And I'm not going to bore you with telling you the story behind Ryan Stuman because he has a fascinating story. In fact, just to kind of, you know, t- 
tell you a little bit about it without spoiling it. This guy has achieved goals behind his wildest dreams. He has been able to reach dreams that he never ever thought were possible. So this is exactly why on this episode I wanted to talk about resilience because Ryan Stuman is one of those guys. He is the epitome of resilience. He is the epitome of commitment, of dedication. And if you've been following this podcast for some time, you should already know that one of the things that we talk about on this podcast is personal development. And I don't just have anybody as a guest on this podcast. I only bring people who have been in the trenches, who have struggled, who have hit rock bottom and have been able to come up and achieve their dreams or go above and beyond. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to the Ross Project, Ryan Stuman, a.k.a. The Hardcore Closer. Ryan, welcome to the Ross Project, man. Hey, what's up, man? Oh, dude, I'm uh, I'm glad to be here. Dude, it looks like what is it, a combination of books and DVDs you got going on back there. How many of those are porns and how many of them are like motivational DVDs back there, man? <laughs> so you first got like a little bit of Zig Ziglar and Jenna Jameson. <laughs> Don't lie to the audience, man. I can see it over there. What is that, eight girls? I love it. On the cover of that other one over there? Anyway, I love it. Thanks so, for having dude. me on, man. <laughs> I love it, man. That was an interesting observation there because I get shit about the fucking DVDs all the time. And you know what? Fuck everyone. Because honestly, I got my own shit going on. But <laughs> they're like, Stuman's over here living in 2019. <laughs> Ivan's over here in 1993 with his DVD collection. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Dude, it's an absolute pleasure, man, to have you here. You know, you're someone that I've followed. You know, I've been in your Facebook group for quite a while. I've, I've read your story. Dude, I've watched your videos, and I'm like, Ryan fucking Stuman. He's like the real fucking deal. So uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Let's start off with, you know, take us a few years back, man, because you know what? It wasn't always Lambos and everything that you're doing today. T- take us back to... You know, the days when, you know, you, you saw the light and you realized that, you know what, there's more to life. There's more to what I'm currently doing. And let's talk about how did you emerge of that? Well, I think every day, uh, any good entrepreneurs face with the big question. Uh, do they want to get bigger and manage a lot of people and run a big company? Or do they want to figure out, you know, the sweet spot for them, right? And not stop growing and not stop making more money, but we say this uh, work-life balance, which I think is bullshit, right? Right. Really what, which I can show you mathematically real quick how work-life balance is impossible. If you need eight hours of sleep every day and you have to work a 10-hour day, which is fucking a short day for a lot of us, but let's say you need eight hours of sleep and you need to work a 10-hour day, you know, that leaves you 18 hours. That leaves you with six hours left over for family time. You can't balance it. You just can't do it. Right. And, uh, most people need like, you know, 10 hours of sleep and shit like that. Right. So, um, and so I think the true balance that we got to find as an entrepreneur is being grateful for where we're at while still in pursuit of what's next. Uh, cause you know, you hear people say shit like money's not going to buy you happiness and all this other stuff. Well, if you're not happy 
being poor, then you damn sure won't be happy being rich. Now you don't have to be happy about your situation being poor, but shit, we've all heard it, dude. If you woke up in a bed, you're richer than 70% of the people in the world anyway. Right. So like, that's just like, we take it for granted here in our country, but uh, I mean, shit, you can go sit outside at downtown LA real quick and feel grateful for everything that you have, you know? And uh, for me, man, I, I've always, you know, I've been through a lot of shit my, and, and we don't have that much time. So my story is all over the, the internet. You can, you can Google it obviously, but you know, I've been through some really rough times and, and was still grateful to be alive and still grateful that I had another uh, opportunity. And uh, I think a lot of people, they, they forget about that. They get caught up in all the hell that they're going through right that moment. And they become this victim inside their head and think the world's against them and everything else. And what most folks don't realize, man, is that everything on this planet was designed to help us win. It's just right. uh, a lot of folks use it to help themselves lose, right? They pick the wrong friends. They pick the wrong business. They pick the wrong spouse. They, they break the, they choose to make the wrong decisions to break the law and stuff like that. So anyway, I didn't mean to go on a rant like that, but, but the point that I'm getting at, man, is I, I never really had like an aha moment. Uh, I just, and, and folks have asked me on podcasts before, like, if you could go back to 19 year old Ryan, what would you say to him? I'd be like, fucking dude, this shit's going to be really fucking hard for a long time, man. But the other side of it's amazing. You know? Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right that people can Google your story. And one of the things that, you know, I really strive for on this podcast, man, is to bring people like you who, yes, you've been through a lot of shit. And the one thing that, you know, I'm not going to ask about 19 year old Ryan, 21 year old Ryan, you know, because that, that was in the past, right? I mean, today, what got you to, to where you are today? And you've had an immense amount of success. I mean, you even mentioned in a lot of your videos and podcasts that, You've reached success beyond your wildest dreams. Like you never fucking thought that, you know, you're going to have the house, you're going to have the business, you're going to have the fancy cars, you know, you're going to be verified on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere. Like that was behind, beyond the wildest dreams. So let's talk about what point in your life did you fucking wake up and were like, you know what, there, there's more to life than this. Because you have a very dark past. I, I mean, everybody can Google that. But at what point, like what was the moment that kind of clicked to you or what moments or times you can remember, you know, in the last 10 years, maybe that you were like, you know, fuck man. Like there's more, like you said, if you wake up, you woke up this morning and people don't fucking realize that. And by the way, as an Eastern European, I know that I fucking woke up today. I got air in my lungs. I got to see my kids, got to see my wife. I fucking want, you know, I fucking want. So let's talk about what was the time of your life that kind of made you realize and what steps did you start taking towards, you know what, I can have the dream. Well, it's, it, there's not one moment, but there's been, you know, a lot of folks say this, but really it's, it's true is why a lot of people say it. it's like success leaves clues. And so uh, one time I, I got a divorce in like 2014 and I moved in, uh, you know, we separated. So I, I had to get an apartment. I couldn't buy anything. So we're going through divorce and I'd end up having to split that with her too. And so I rented an apartment in a, like a penthouse apartment in a high rise in Dallas. And, um, you know, the first day that I pulled into there, into the parking garage, there was like 10 exotic cars parked there. Like I'd never seen that many exotic cars parked together, even at a car show. Right. Mm -hmm. And I get on the elevator with this old guy and I said, dude, you know, I knew Prince Fielder lived in the building. And I said, uh, dude, Prince has one hell of a car collection, huh? And the guy looked at me funny, he goes, Prince, he drives that fucking Benz over there. Those are all my cars. And I'm like, oh shit, right? I didn't mean to be disrespectful, right? But right then I was like, 
this dude doesn't seem to be any different than me, man. And he's living a fucking rap video over here. Right. So immediately right. I'm smart, right? I'm, I'm street smart. I'm not like book smart, but I'm street smart. I'm like, I need to be friends with that guy. And most people are like, so I can borrow money and infiltrate his network and, you know, borrow his cars. But I'm like, fuck dude, he figured out some code of life. that's allowed him to own three yeah. Lamborghinis right here, man. Yeah. I just, I want to know this guy. You know what I mean? Like I don't need nothing from him. Just talk to me. And guess what? That guy taught me how to buy exotic cars and I've owned six of them now. You know, and yeah. it's not what I thought, dude. I thought you had to walk in with a briefcase full of money like Kanye West and shit like that and a rapper and you walk out with a pink <laughs> slip and stuff. It does not <laughs> fucking work that way, dude. It's no different than real estate, right? Like yeah. it's just, you're just getting like a mortgage on a car, but you can flip it just like real estate, dude. And so I've been driving these exotic cars for the price of a Honda Accord. So <laughs> I watch my friends go pay cash for these cars, dude. And my payments end up being like five, $600 a month after I sell them off after about a year. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, cause they hold their value. If you buy them right, they're just like real estate, but I didn't know this. So it opened my mind. Right. And then, yeah. you know, I remember the third year in a row that I had a seven figure year, uh, in, in personal, not company, but personal income. And we would, had applied for a mortgage and the, the mortgage was approved for this, this big house. And I was like, shit, man. And, and I'd done mortgages for 10 years, you know, so I, I knew that it was going to happen. But the day that this, this was a year ago. The day that I came from my office, which I'm in the same building as Google and YouTube and stuff like that, right? So I like drove from my office in my Rolls Royce to this house with a gate that has my name written on it and shit and a code to get in and stuff, right? <laughs> that I own, you know, it's not like I'm renting it or borrowing it from a friend or crashing at my grandparents' house, right? And I, I, I mean, I was just telling one of my friends like two or three days ago, he's got a bunch of exotic cars and shit like that. We were hanging out and I was like, dude, you know, we were listening to some music and I was like, dude, everything these guys are talking about that they have to rent for their videos and shit, we own. And yeah. we're not out here like, you know, talking about it. So there's so much more that goes on than what I put on social media, although that's a lot. Uh, but I'm like, right. dude, you know, it's just, it, to me every day, I'm really living the dream. And I, and I say this, I say it all the time. It's like, I ain't said it, but for about the last year and a half, but I really wouldn't trade places with, you know, Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or whatever. And it's like, I think I've found a, a good balance where my companies are growing. My vision's growing. People are catching this culture and shit like that. And at the same time, I really fucking love what I got. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, a couple of things that I want to touch upon that you mentioned is this that as an Eastern European, I think I've been able to depict this as a study in American culture is there's this sort of prefabricated version of what success looks like to many people, right? Like most people think, oh, you know what? I'm going to work my nine to five job and I'm going to save some fucking money. And then maybe I'll invest a little bit of it in my 401k, which by the way, I feel if you've been living under a rock, there's, you know, 401ks are fucking going away. So people have like this misconstrued perception of what success is. And you just actually, I mean, you are the epitome of a successful entrepreneur that has gambled and risked and done all kinds of fucking shit. And you've been able to come out on top and get the things that most people told you that you couldn't have. And it's exactly because what you teach and everything that, that you do is that it is about mindset. It's about how you think it's about, do you, th do you think the glass is half full or half empty, right? Depending on what side of the spectrum you are. And you just even said that is that most people think that, you know, like 10 years ago, I, I'd walk into a fucking Lambo dealership. I'm like, fuck, I can never own that car. I can never make that kind of money. These days it's like, fuck, that's bullshit. You know, but you got to do things differently. You've got to think differently. You've got to act differently. You've got to be more daring. You've got to be more risky. You've got to be more confident. And most people aren't, man. In, in American fucking society, which, by the way, 
I was just reading this up on Forbes somewhere, is that 70% of Americans live paycheck to fucking paycheck. Literally, paycheck to fucking paycheck. Like they wait every two weeks to get their paycheck just so they can pay their fucking bills, their mortgage, put gas in the fucking tank, pay their utilities, put food on the table. And then what? You're still fucking broke. Like that's to me, no way to live a life, right? That's no way to live for the next 30, 40 years. And by the way, who fucking knows if social security is even going to be around, right? Because that's what a lot of people are fucking sitting on. They think that I'm going to retire on social security, right? And, and, and that, that, that's going to be my payday, right? But so let's talk a little bit about, you know, the modern entrepreneur, right? Because you talk a lot about, you know, modern entrepreneurs and, you know, different things that they need to be doing. I think I watched a video of you and Danny recently that, you know, he's always spelling his problems on you and you're like, you know, giving him the, these solutions. And what advice would you give to modern entrepreneurs that, you know, you have an idea, you have a dream, you have a vision, you know, what are some steps, some steps that you need to take to really execute on that? Well, I, I think this, you know, uh, experience comes from experimenting and you have to experiment in order to get experience and then experienced people eventually become experts. That's like the progression of, of the etymology of that word. Right. And a lot of people want to skip the experience part, right? They, they want to, they, they, they want to become straight to the expert. And, and here's what I know. I've had some experiences in my life where I've had it, lost it, had it, lost it. I'll never forget one time I was at this meeting and a guy was telling us about the worst investment he ever made. He bought an emu farm here in Texas <laughs> and the emu, the emu business tanked. It was like a, a fad, like Bitcoin down right. here, right? In the eighties. And the emu business taint, and he said, I couldn't get rid of these bastards by cutting open my fence and trying to get them to run across I-35, right? Like they just, you know, <laughs> and, but that was an experience that he had, you know, that son of a bitch will never invest in livestock ever again, you know? Right. And, but that's how we learn. But so many people are scared to go out there and get those experiences. See me, I've, I've been adopted. I've been divorced. I've been in prison. I've been you know, shit, I've been homeless. I've been addicted to drugs and I bounced back several times. Like I've had it, not had it. You know, uh, I, I first came in to become a millionaire in 2005 was, you know, broke as hell, $25 in my name in 2008. I uh, was back making about a half a million by 2010, lost it all again, divorced in 2014. So like I've had it, got it back and lost it so many times that you can't take it away from me now. And, uh, and you guys just need out there that are scared, man, quit being little bitches. And, and the, when I say this, I don't mean this from like a tough guy standpoint. I'm just saying quit being a little bitch. Here's what I know. I go four wheeling with my son. He's seven years old. My oldest kid, he has a Raptor 90 and I got a, a big boy four wheeler, right? And uh, he's been riding that same thing since he was three years old. And I bought him a new one uh, about a year ago. And we take him out to the sand dunes, man. There's a big difference between riding the shit in the cul-de-sac and, and riding sand dunes, you know, on the side of a river. And uh, I'm a little scared for him, but he's been practicing for a couple of years at this point. So he's pretty good at it, you know, but like I said, it's different terrain. Right. And we go to go up one of the hills, man. And he is scared shitless, screaming at me, crying, daddy, I don't want to, I don't want to die. And the fucking hill's 10 feet tall. It ain't even, you know what I mean? <laughs> no kids to them. That's right, like, shit, that's like 30 feet to us. You know what I mean? Right. And you know, I'm like, come on, Jack, you got to do it. You got to take it up there, dad. I'm too scared. And, but I can clearly see there's no safety issues as a father. Right. You know what I mean? And so I rode my four wheeler up there in front of him and I was like, see how easy that was. And he said, uh, I still can't do it, dad. 
so I walked over next to him and I didn't touch his four wheeler, but I just walked alongside and I said, man, if you fall off the side, I'll catch you. You know, we'll just let your four wheeler break. No big deal. And I'll just catch you, you know? Yeah. And at that point, the fear was gone and he rode up that hill like it wasn't shit. And then he rode down and rolled back up again because he thought it was fun. That's, that's the experience you need as a, an entrepreneur. You have to face that fear just like my son did. The shit wasn't nothing. He didn't have anything to be scared of in the first place. He was totally fucking safe. And chances are whatever business you're going to launch is totally safe. When I launch a new business or I make an investment, I just shelled out 20 grand today to an investment that's a little risky, right? But the way that I look at it is I've taken big enough risks to make money to wind up in prison. So this little fucking easy shit we're doing out here, making yep. money in electricity and real estate and software, fuck, it's all legal. There's fucking no risk, right? You still get to sleep in your bed. All that right. shit you see on TV where somebody owes people fucking money and they come take their bed and their stereo and shit, that only happens if you borrow money from the mafia, not the bank, right? All your fears that you've been fucking captivated by because the media and Hollywood and the news and all these fucking, it's scary to start a business, right? It's yeah. scary to be a millionaire. It's not scary to be a millionaire. You know what's not fucking scary is the fucking stock market crashes tomorrow and you ain't got no money. That's what's fucking scary. You know what's not scary? Having a few million, 10 million, 20 million, $100 million to fucking be able to manage through fucking tough times and it not affect you in as massive way as it does Pete and Bob down the street who decided to settle for $70,000 a year. Yep. Well, you know, one of the main reasons, so a couple of things is this, what you just said right there about modern entrepreneurship is 100% fucking spot on. And honestly, I, with, with this podcast, and this is like the fourth or five, fifth time that I can remember over the span of five years that I've changed the name is, I've become also very selective about who comes on the show. And that's precisely why I wanted you to be on this episode because you're the real fucking deal. And honestly, with entrepreneurship and what's going on in social media specifically, it's a lot of smoke and fucking mirrors, man. A lot of people that just can't man up, you know, they're making up bullshit stories. They're front facing, you know, they're finding fucking stupid excuses and whatnot. And you hit the nail on the head. Is this that I don't, I mean, personally, I don't want to settle for fucking 70 grand. That, that's what I made when I was in the nine to five. And you know what? I was still fucking broke after it. And one of the main reasons why I ventured out, you know, to, to be a full-blown entrepreneur and really follow my dreams and goals is because I don't want to be like everybody else. Fuck, I live in a subdivision, man, of mainly stay-at-home moms, and I fucking see it. I see these husbands fucking lose their jobs, and then they go into panic mode and shit, and, like, they're struggling just to make mortgages and make ends meet. And I'm like, why? I mean, I'd rather risk three, four years of my life to know that I can live, you know, a lifetime of prosperity because most people are just unwilling to do that. And you even said so is just that it is fucking scary that, you know what, if the stock market does crash and it will probably fucking crash. It's going to crash. It has to. You know it, I mean? It's, it's going to crash. Worse. Exactly. It's going to fucking crash. What are you going to fucking do then? Right. I mean, people are going to be out of jobs. They're going to lose their homes. Right. I mean, all kinds of fucking shit. We saw that back in 2008 and I'm definitely not trying to get political about it, but that's the reality. And most people just don't plan for that because, let's, let's face it, the modern entrepreneur is criticized, right? He's the risk taker. He's the unconventional. He's the fucking unorthodox. He's everything, the polar opposite of what society has told you to be, right? Because I don't know about you, but I grew up in go to school, get your degree, get a fucking job, buy a house, be happily married, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's not fucking 1955 anymore, you know, or 1960. It just... It just doesn't work that way. So uh, some things that, you know, you mentioned in, in that were, 
you know, that you got to be a risk taker, right? You got to be able to sacrifice more. You've got to be able to experiment. And I think that's why in part you've been so successful, man, is this that, you know, most entrepreneurs, especially in 2019, they're just not experimenting enough, you know? And when they're experimenting, they're like, oh, fuck, you know, I invested. Like you said, you spent 20 grand on a risky investment. But as you said, you know that it's better to spend 20 grand on a risky investment than not spend it all because you've been through worse things than that in the past. And that's, that's what I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand is this that, you know, you got to go all in, you got to risk, you got to sacrifice. It's part of the fucking game. It's all or nothing at all. And that's what most entrepreneurs don't understand. So, you know, let's talk about, you know, I know we've been on here for, for a little bit and a couple other things I wanted to touch upon with you is, can you maybe remember one thing that I wanted to ask you is remember a tough time, not the 20K you just invested, but a tough time over the last 10 years where you were like, fuck, how am I going to get out of this? And what was going through your mind and what steps did you take to mitigate that situation? Nah, you know what, man? I never felt like I couldn't get out of anything. You know, I, I think that's an important mindset to have. I mean, do you think Ed Milet thought he couldn't get out of a situation? Do you think The Rock thought that he could? I mean, The Rock had $7 to his name. I mean, that's literally the name of his fucking production company, Seven Bucks Media. This dude was homeless as fuck, living at Danny's house, his ex-wife, and had $7 to his name. Not after he was in the WWE or any, like before, right? Do you think that he didn't see a way out of that? No, man, for fucking 30 years, that dude's hit the gym six hours a day, right? Despite whether he was, he was doing his thing or not. You think... You think Cardone's ever thought that he couldn't get out of something? Like, dude, you, you, can't, you can't have that mindset. If you, you think David Goggins has ever gone to fucking war to fucking go kill some motherfuckers and been like, dude, we ain't making it out of this thing. You think Rob O'Neill, who shot Osama bin Laden in the fucking face, do you think that he walked in there going, we ain't going to make it out of here? The only way you make it out of any situation is knowing you're fucking walking out of there. You look at right. Marcus Luttrell. You hit the reason why he's the lone survivor and he lives because he fucking told himself, I'm fucking leaving Afghanistan. Fuck this place, you know? Yeah. And, and you have to think that too. So you're at rock bottom right now. What, you want to live there? Fuck no. You're leaving that place. You have to have that mentality, right? Those yeah. people that choose to fucking stay there, man, well, shit, you deserve to be there. But you enter any situation thinking it might be your last situation or whatever, unless you're in the fucking military about to take out fucking top terrorists and shit like that, you're just being a pussy. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. Ryan, I, I know your time is very, very valuable, man. And you just mentioned a lot of things that just a lot of entrepreneurs nowadays don't fucking understand. They just don't. I mean, they, they might rationalize it, but they don't execute upon it. You know, they don't have that mindset you just talked about is that it's all or nothing. And if you think you're going to fail, you're probably going to fail. Right. The, the rock yeah. example that you gave. What are some some three things that you would advise to a 2019 entrepreneur that's like, well, fuck, you know, like I, I'm chasing, you know, rabbits or, you know, whatever is this, what advice would you give to them in terms of what you need to do to get to where you want to be? Yeah. Pick one thing and master it. And until that one thing that you've mastered that you like, it doesn't just need to be, you need to like it. You know, if you're going to make sales, you should like what you sell, but pick one thing and master it. And do not diversify until that thing's made you at least a millionaire. Okay. Like what the problem is people try to open an agency here and they see me and they're like, Oh, you have 10 or so companies. And they see 
Kevin O'Leary with 50 companies and Mark Cuban with 400 companies and Grant Cardone with five or 10 companies or 20 and Ed with 20. And they think, oh, I've got to be folk. But what they don't realize, Cardone made his money in one thing first, diversified. Ed made his money in one thing first, diversified. I made my money in one thing first and then diversified. A lot of you motherfuckers trying to be me and Cardone and Ed and all this fucking popular shit. You ain't even nailed that one thing and you're diversified as fuck with no results across 10 different verticals, right? Like, yep. fuck all that. Until one thing makes you a millionaire, you ain't a master of shit when it comes to business anyway. You need to understand that. But only should you diversify once that fucking happens, right? Until then, you haven't even scaled that business to where it's qualified as a small business yet. That's so many I see entrepreneurs out there with blue checks telling you about their fucking drop shipping business and shit like that. Oh, we shipped a hundred grand this month. Motherfucker made twenty five hundred dollars. Right? <laughs> you know why they shipped a hundred grand? Because they're selling that shit cheaper than anybody else so that they can look cool instead of have fucking real money. Like I nice. said, like like dude, you know. There's a difference between these guys that have their fucking Lambos and that's all they take fucking pictures of. And they got, they got one and they're young. I'm telling you, I'm fucking telling you, it doesn't work that way. These guys get these cars on Toro and lease swap and shit like that. All the fucking fool you guys. Yep. And it's not the fool. It's a lot of times to fool you to buy in their shit, but many of you just watch them for inspiration or whatever. But I'm telling you, I know a lot of those motherfuckers. They ain't as inspirational as you think they are. A lot of you are more inspirational in your Honda Accords and your fucking Kia Sophia's than some of these bastards are in their fake ass Lamborghinis. Let me give you a pro tip. Next time you're looking on social media and a motherfucker got his license plate blurred out, that's because he don't own that bitch. Ain't nobody with fucking real money scared to let you know where they live. You come by my house, you're going to jump a gate, you're going to fucking die, right? You're going to go to Grant Cardone, he shows his license, yep. 10X. You go to his fucking place, you got to pass his security guard. Grant, uh, Frank shows his license plates because he owns those fucking cars too. You got to pass his fucking security team. Same with my house. You know, everything's registered yep. in my office. We have a security team here in my fucking name. And so I'm just telling you guys, man, what happens is we get all fucking sidetracked by these blue check people and these fucking Lambo people online and stuff. And I love cars, right? I got all that shit. Yep. What I'm telling you is I'm 40. And so if you're an entrepreneur that's in your 20s and your 30s and your dream is a Lambo, you shouldn't even be buying that shit to your 40 anyway. I didn't even yep. buy a fucking Rolex until I was 39 years old. Wow. I would, I've been a millionaire fucking two different times in fucking two different decades, yeah. you know, a fucking, yeah. you know, 10 times, 20 times over before I even fucking spent five grand on a watch. Right. The things you just said in the last couple of minutes, man, is like just real hardcore fucking shit that the reality of things is most people just, you know, they're blindsided by the bullshit on social media. You know, Those as someone who's really doing it, we can see the view from the top. Just like when I was standing up nope. next to my son and he was climbing that thing, I could see what was going on. He couldn't see it because he's in the helmet right there on that front level. But just like, you know, Ed Milet tells me some advice the other day. I won't share it publicly, but he tells me some advice and mm -hmm. it actually meant something because he can see the view from the top. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, Ryan, I want to thank you so much, man, for, for jumping on. I mean, this was a phenomenal, phenomenal jam. I really, really appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, thanks for having me on, dude. Uh, it was a good conversation. I appreciate it. Well, and, and there you have it. That was the guest interview with Ryan Stewman, a.k.a. the Hardcore Closer. And, I mean, what can I say? I mean, I truly hope that you extracted some hardcore value out of this entire conversation. One of the reasons why I wanted to have Ryan Stewman on the podcast is because he literally is the epitome of a resilient entrepreneur. 
I mean, this guy is a millionaire. This guy is living the dream. And I wanted him to share that with you. If you're a fellow entrepreneur, if you're a fellow dreamer, if you're a fellow goal seeker, Ryan Stuman should have been a huge inspiration to you. And that's exactly why I wanted to have him on here. And before I sign off on this episode, look, guys and gals, I have one favor to ask from you. If you feel that I've given you some value in this podcast, some perspective, helped you make a change in your personal life or business, I would greatly appreciate it if you shared this podcast with someone else. I'm not selling you anything or forcing you to buy shit you don't want. I'm simply asking you to share this podcast with other entrepreneurs or anyone who wants to make a change in their life and business. That's what this entire podcast is all about, really. And if you enjoyed the podcast and you keep coming back, it would mean the world to me if you shared a review on iTunes. It will help others, other like-minded folks, know about the nature of content and value that I share on this podcast and give them a reason to listen as well. Ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 7 of The Rise Project with yours truly and my man Ryan Stewman, a.k.a. The Hardcore Closer, dropping some serious fucking knowledge. And that's it. That's all I got. Peace out. Five, four, three, two, one.